This is episode number 216, and today I'm taking you behind the scenes of my new small group. Welcome to the Practical Christian Podcast. My name is Travis Albritton, your friendly neighborhood Bible teacher. Each week, we'll dive into the tips, tricks, and hacks that you can implement in your daily life to become a more effective Christian. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump into your daily dose of practical Christian training. Hey guys, so we are doing a very special Monday edition of the podcast. Normally I do an interview with a notable person who has some kind of expertise that I want to share with you guys. And today I'm going to take the bold action of sharing my own expertise. Now if you are new to the podcast, you might not know that last year I published a book specifically to help small group leaders. Uh, I know that for me personally, I, I've i kind of run the gamut of different strategies and techniques for how to run an effective small group, how to lead it without burning myself up and just getting frustrated and discouraged that nobody else seems to care what's going on in the small group. And so, you know, I put all of those things together, all of that experience, all the things that I had learned uh, and put it into a book as something that people could read and kind of, you know, steal the years of experience that I had gained. But since that time, last summer, I've only continued to dive deeper and deeper into all things small group. And so I recently had the opportunity to actually start a new small group around a very unique purpose. And so I applied a lot of the principles that uh, I write about in my book, Small Group Leader Secrets, as well as some new things that I've started to learn over the course of the last seven or eight months or so. And so I just want to share that with you. And uh, and if you are starting a new group or hitting reset on your existing small group or you're, you're convinced that what you're doing isn't working and you're looking for a different way to do it, um, this episode will be super, super helpful for you. So I just want to kind of peel back the curtain, show you what goes into uh, starting a new small group uh, from somebody who thinks a lot about these kind of things. All right. So first of all, I want to just kind of give you a rundown of my philosophy, so to speak. So this is, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not coming at this from the approach of these are all the things that I would like the small group to be. These are all the things that I hope we can accomplish. I'm pretty practical. I'm I'm pretty, pretty practical when it comes to my approach to leading small groups. And whenever I teach principles or whenever I teach techniques, it has to meet a certain set of criteria. All right. Number one, it has to be doable for people with normal lives. You know, I have led small groups while in the full-time ministry. I've led small groups while I was in college where I didn't have a job and I was just, you know, going to classes, doing homework and, you know, doing ministry. And I've also done small groups when I was out of college, but still single and still kind of working part-time. And so all of those scenarios are are misleading. <laughs> it's easy to get a sense of what leading a small group looks like when you have a lot of free time to devote to different things, like following up with people, getting time with every person in your group, really trying to to kind of shoot for the moon, so to speak. And so, but but now that I'm married, now that I have a daughter, and I work full time, and I've got this podcast and, and several other projects, as well as just being a disciple, it can be challenging to just sit down for 15 minutes and come up with a discussion plan. So all of the techniques that I uh, teach and everything you're about to hear in this episode are 
you know, kind of tailor fit for somebody who's in that absolutely crazy lifestyle where you never seem to have enough time for yourself, but you still want God to use you and you still want to make an impact. Um, it also needs to be more effective than what you're currently doing, right? So, so I'm not just trying to promote different ideas that, you know, are kind of like a toss up that take it if you want it, leave it if you don't, you know, all the things that I'm going to talk about and all the things that I teach in my book are more effective. They're more effective strategies, not only for helping you kind of streamline your process and be more effective with your time, but also in helping you achieve your end goal, which is helping the people in your group grow both spiritually and numerically, right? That if you apply the things that uh, I teach in the book, if you apply the things that you're about to hear in this podcast episode, then your group will grow. And, And I've been able to share these things with hundreds of small group leaders to this point. And universally, everyone comes back and says, this book and these principles have totally revolutionized my small group. And so, so that's kind of my philosophy. That's my approach. Very practical, very, very much thinking of, you know, the person that has a life and responsibilities and a nine to five job and a family and is also trying to make an impact with their small group. All right. So having said all of that, <laughs> let's jump into the kind of the behind the scenes of my own new small group, which is a new families small group or in the church that uh, I attend here in Jacksonville, we call them growth groups. And so I was presented an opportunity to create a new small group specifically tailored to meet the needs of people in my current stage of life, which is uh, married with one child that is younger than six months. (laughs) So there is actually four of us, four couples that are all kind of in this scenario of you know, we just had our first child, we're starting our families, trying to figure out what the new normal is supposed to look like with time investment and uh, just energy and and what does it look like to be a disciple of Jesus now and how do you actually build a family when it's not just two adults that both love Jesus? Like, how do, how do you manage all of that and the temperament of your children? And there's there's a lot. There's a lot going on all at once. And so what I wanted to do was essentially create a small group that would meet that particular person's need. All right. And so, so what we did was we, we got together, we had a meeting, we talked about like, what are our needs? What are the things that we uh, are struggling with? What do we have questions about? And then what would be some really cool things that we can do to really help us be more effective, help us to raise great families, to uh, establish great traditions and habits in our families that are going to allow us to raise spiritual children and and have a great relationship with our kids and and how do we balance our work life with our family life and you know what what if you know yeah just going through all the different scenarios of you know what's going on how do you discipline your kids and you know everything everything under the sun so what we did is we got together the the four couples and we wrote out like these are the things that we're curious about and i don't know any of this stuff all right, so this this is a unique position I'm in. Normally, when I'm leading a group, I have some sort of experience or wisdom on the thing that we're going to be covering. But in this group, I'm just as green as everybody else, right? I'm in the same position. So what we decided to do was um, reach out to other married couples, other couples that had kids that were grown, that were out of the house, 
that they still had a great relationship with. And so we, we made a short list of those couples in our church and said, all right, we're going to reach out to you, or I say we, I, I the leader, am going to reach out to these couples and ask them, will you come and share your experience with us? Will you come and teach us what you did to help develop those relationships? What are the things that really worked for you? Um, how did you approach parenting? How did you approach it in, you know, balancing your work life, your spiritual life, your family life? You know, what did that look like? And, and, and just being able to ask them questions, being able to ask, how did this work? How did this work out for you? And going back, was there, is there anything that you would do differently? And really just borrowing wisdom from couples that have already gone through this gauntlet that were, you know, the people in my group are about to go through. All right. So that was kind of like the plan was if we're going to help, you know, kind of establish our families and, and be set up on a solid foundation, then we need to get other people to come in and share with us and to invest in us. And we need to be able to build relationships with people that are kind of outside of our our peer group in order to to do that and not just be the blind leading the blind. So that was the the idea for the group. That was the very specific singular focus uh, for the group. And so we're kind of measuring several objectives to make sure that we're making progress. Um, one of those is that we are uh, really committed to holding each other accountable to putting into practice the things that we're learning. And so in addition to uh, getting together as a group and sharing a potluck meal and having a discussion with these older couples, we're also getting together men and women separately just to talk about what's going on in each other's lives and to talk about uh, our struggles and our victories and our defeats as dads and as moms and to to really follow up and make sure that what we're learning from these couples and that you know is is sound wisdom that we are taking advantage of that by implementing it in our own families and in our own households. So so that's that's kind of the scope of it. Um, we're about t- a month and a half into it now, and uh, so far it's been fantastic. It's been really really cool, and it's been very different than any other small group that I've done but it's been cool to see how successful it has been so far. Um, and so one thing that <laughs> one thing that was really cool about it is once we kind of came up with our objective, with what our end goal was, what's, what's the thing we're trying to accomplish with this small group, coming up on a group with a group calendar, right? Because one thing that you'll realize very quickly when you have small children is that your life revolves around bedtime routine. I used to kind of chuckle and and like wonder what that was like before I had my own daughter. And now I know bedtime routine is set in stone, man. Woe is the man who gets in the way of bedtime routine. Um, and so when we were coming up with ideas of like when we could get together, how often we could get together, what time, where, it all kind of revolved around our kids' you know bedtime schedules. And so one person in the group... Uh, you know, a sister named Jen uh, suggested we do kind of like a rotation um, that we would meet from 6.30 to 8 p.m. on Wednesdays. And so that that consistency was something we can kind of always count on, um, but that we wouldn't always do the same thing every Wednesday. So I mentioned how sometimes we get together for these potluck uh, small group meetings with an older couple. Well, that happens once out of every three weeks. 
the second week, and we bring our kids to that meeting. So that's the whole family. Everybody comes to that. Um, the second week, all the brothers get together and the sisters stay home and watch the babies so that the guys can get together and have our uh, discipling time and really pour into each other. The third week, all of the women get together and have their time to uh, grow close to each other and to talk about what's going on. And all the dads stay home with the babies. And so what's really cool about that is, is we, we said, you know what? We're not going to buy it off more than we can chew. We're not going to be able to meet together all, all together once a week and do these accountability groups. What's something we can do that kind of splits the difference where we're still going to be able to meet our objective of you know putting together some great uh, foundational principles into our families as we're starting to kind of come into our own as parents but do it in a way that's not overbearing, that's actually doable. And I've, I've been bitten by, before by the, um, by the visionary small group leader that has you know, ideas of grandeur and how this is going to be the small group to, to, to be the model for other small groups to be jealous of, only to burn out your people and, and, and fail miserably. So we weren't going to do that. And, uh, and so I we came up with this really cool solution. So if you're kind of in a similar situation where it's just a lot going on in your life and you want to accomplish a lot of things, but you don't necessarily have the time to devote to doing all of those things, consider doing some kind of hybrid model, like what we're doing with our uh, new families group. Now, the other thing that uh, I really wanted to do with this small group was uh, be very intentional and purposeful in delegating uh, because you know, I, I've got a lot of things going on. Um, I don't really have the time to just kind of be the person doing everything. Uh, chances are, if you're leading, you feel similarly. Uh, and so, you know, so I, I really identified a couple of key things that I could easily delegate to someone more talented than me and then was really intentional in doing that. So, for instance, I'm not involved at all in planning the potluck meals every third week. I'm not involved in that at all. My wife, who is amazing, spearheads that whole process. Um, you know, I'm always available if she needs help or needs me to cook the burgers or whatever. But she plans all that and she coordinates with the other the other couples. And then, you know, I don't do the discussions. Part of that is kind of how we design the group. But also, I was really intentional in not uh, burdening myself with coming up with discussion plans on a consistent basis. And so, you know, I'll reach out to and work with the couples that we're bringing in but I leave it 100% up to them to do it. And there's no oversight. There's no like critiquing their notes or anything like that. I just totally give it up to them to do that, right? And then as we go along, as more and more things start to come up that need to happen for the group to kind of be successful and continue to move forward, I'm going to give other people those things, right? So so I'm kind of playing point guard here instead of, you know, hogging the ball like Kobe Bryant. <laughs> Does that make sense? So so that's kind of how the new our new... Sp- uh, families, uh, small group is designed. You know, we we set it up with a very specific objective, a very specific goal of helping helping us. You know, have great families and and build great relationships with other people in the same kind of stage of life, and then also designing it to work without me, designing it to thrive without me, and really lean on the talents and the gifts of the other people in the group. So that we're all in this together. We're all contributing to the group. We all play an integral role in the group. And when you do that, when you can help people plug in 
and figure out like one thing that they can do really well that they can kind of take ownership of, it really makes everybody in the group just feel so much more connected and committed to the success of the group versus if you're just kind of showing up because, you know, the pastor said you're supposed to be in a small group, so you're checking the box, but you don't really do anything other than just be there, then you're not going to be invested. You're not going to be, you know, actively involved in trying to help the group be successful. So so that's kind of how we've designed it. And hopefully as I walked through each of those things, um, there may be a couple practicals that you could pull out of that. Uh, but I do want to to kind of re-hit on a couple things that I might have said that I want to be very specific about, some key principles that you can use for your own group. Uh, the big one is letting other members of the group help determine the direction of the group. So when I first came up with the idea for the group and started pitching it to these different couples, I had a pretty thought out uh, plan. And I kind of had an idea of what I wanted to do with the group. But in that first meeting, when we started talking, there were some things that came up that I hadn't really thought about. There were some suggestions that were like really fantastic suggestions that I had never considered. And so as a leader, you have to be humble enough to let other members of the group help determine the direction of the group and not just put it all on yourself so that you can have all of the glory and all of the attention and kind of micromanage everything. Really, if, you, if the focus is helping everyone in the group grow, then you want everyone to be equally invested in the outcome. And just by having that conversation and being able to implement certain things that people suggested made it feel like they were creating the group, you know, helped everybody feel unified around the plan. And so moving forward, everyone is excited about the group. Everybody looks forward to Wednesdays because not only is it tailor fit for them, but also they had a hand in making it what it is. Um, Another thing that I talked about was the three-week rotation, how we don't do the same thing every Wednesday and we kind of every third week come back to either doing a potluck discussion, guys getting together or girls getting together. And that was not an idea that came from me. That was an idea that somebody else suggested. And so, you know, so just making sure that you are soliciting feedback, you're soliciting ideas, you're soliciting input, because there are people in your group that have fantastic ideas that God wants to to use to move the group forward, but you have to provide the opportunities and the platforms for people to share those ideas. Because if we hadn't had those kind of discussions, that might not have ever come up. You know, that suggestion might never have seen the light of day and our group would have suffered for it. So just make sure that you are providing opportunities for people to provide input. And just remember that great ideas can come from anywhere. Great ideas can come from any person in your group. So don't discount anyone's perspective. Don't discount anyone's opinion or idea. Make sure that you treat all ideas with the same level of uh, seriousness. Not to say that some ideas aren't worse than others, because it's absolutely true uh, that some ideas are worse than others, but just make sure that you don't write someone off. Um, So those are some of the things that I I really want to impress on you if you're a leader. And then also just make sure that you're maintaining focus. It's so easy to lose focus with your small group to get an idea of something you want to try, something that sounds cool. But if it's not helping you reach your objective, the purpose for your small group, the reason you're getting together, then it's ultimately going to just lead your group in a different direction. It's not going to help anyone grow closer to God. It's not going to help the group grow numerically. 
It would be like showing up to, po- to football practice and being like, all right, guys, we're going to start doing basketball drills. It's just not the purpose, right? So maintain focus. Don't don't go off and, and you know chase the shiny object. Remember why your group exists and just continue to help everyone in your group move forward in that unified direction. Now, if all of this was really helpful and you're like, wow, this, is, this was great, Travis, uh, I want more of this. What are some other resources that you have that can help me with my small group? Well, I'm glad that you asked that hypothetical question. Um, so I, in addition to the book that I did last year, I've recently launched some training for small group leaders that you should definitely check out, right? So I've created some additional resources that complement uh, small group leader secrets and uh, in addition to that, I've also turned it into an audiobook. So if you're more of like a podcast listener or an audiobook person, then that is now available. Um, and, and I'm going to tell you where to find all this stuff. Okay, so don't, so don't worry about that. Um, but yeah, so in addition to that, I got a lot of questions about the discussion aspect of leading a small group. And that really is an art form, learning how to lead effective discussions where everybody's contributing and you know, giving their two cents, but doing it in a way that's really intentional and leading the group towards kind of like the the treasure map, the X marks the spot where you're hoping everyone lands. And so I put together some additional resources to help you actually lead the group effectively and become a discussion master. So one is a uh, I put together a uh, a handout of ten really awesome icebreakers. Icebreakers are activities or games that you do before you start the discussion to get everybody just to remember that they can be themselves, that they can be comfortable and trust the people in the group. Uh, so often we just jump right into the Bible study, right into the discussion, right into what we have prepared. But people are coming from all over. Some people just had a really bad fight with their spouse and now they're coming in a small group and they're just not in a place where they want to answer any of your questions or they just had a really bad day at work. And they need some encouragement. They need to remember that, wow, this is somewhere I can just, you know, be with my brothers and sisters and grow closer to God. So icebreakers are a fantastic way to kind of hit the reset button for people mentally to get them prepared to actually contribute to the discussion you have prepared. So I give you a list of 10 awesome icebreakers that you can just read the instructions and play. And they're really great group activities. I also made 10 Bible discussions. All right. So I I created outlines and notes and questions for 10 separate discussions that you can just use and abuse, all right? So uh, there are discussions on parables of Jesus. There are discussions on stories in the Old Testament. There's even a discussion based on one of my favorite Psalms. So I give you a lot of variety in the kinds of discussions that, uh, that you can use so that you can kind of use that as an example to kind of go off and then create your own discussion on similar parts of the Bible, right? So if you use the the discussion about the parable of the unforgiving servant, then you're like, okay, I can use this temp I can use this discussion as a template for this other parable that I want to discuss in my small group. So so I put together 10 awesome Bible discussions that are like guaranteed to elicit a discussion and get people engaged. And so so you'll be able to kind of reverse engineer how I uh, do those Bible discussions. And then in addition to that, I also recorded myself planning a discussion from scratch. So there's like a video of me actually walking through the process of how I put together all of my small group discussions. I explain my mindset, how I come up with questions, how I choose 
passages, how I choose, what it is that I want the focus of the discussion to be. I walk through all of that in really, uh, you know, in a really detailed way. And uh, even with all that extra talking, I'm able to plan a one-hour discussion in 25 minutes. <laughs> so if you are uh, one of the, you know, or if you are someone that spends hours uh, tweaking and refining and changing up your discussions, then that video is going to be super valuable for you because you're going to save hours of your time um, just by imitating what I do in the video. All right, and then in addition to all of that, I also just updated my uh, discussion templates to be more effective and easier to use. And it's simply a PDF that you can download and print off over and over and over again for creating your own discussions. And it just walks you through every single step in order how you should process it. So that way, once you figure out what you want to talk about and the passage you want to use, the rest of the discussion just falls into place. And you don't even really have to think about it just as you read through the passage and you kind of have an eye towards where you're going you know what kind of questions to ask. So if you want to get all of that, all you have to do is go to smallgroupmastery.com. I'll leave a link in the episode notes for this uh, in this episode as well. So you can just click over to that, but it's smallgroupmastery.com. And uh, and that will uh, give you a, a form where you can download the ultimate, ultimate Bible discussion template. And then on the next page, I go into a lot more detail about these other resources that I just talked about. And, uh, and right now I have them priced at 90% off or close to 90% off. So a really great deal if you're looking to kind of improve your own leadership skills and uh, really help take your small group to the next level. Uh, but specifically, specifically, those resources are going to help you, uh, you know, save time, save heartache by creating a streamlined process that allows your group to work like clockwork. And then also get everyone else in your group to be just as engaged and care just as much as you are, which that is like the ultimate dream of every small group leader, right? Where everyone else is just as excited about the group and just as invested in making it successful as you are. So again, just go to smallgroupmastery.com or click in the episode notes of this episode and you can get started and check all that stuff out. Now, if you do decide to uh, to grab all of that then uh, you'll also have an opportunity to purchase my new six-week premium small group leaders course, all right? This isn't for sale for the general public. It's really only for people that are committed to uh, working on their own leadership, taking their small group to the next level, and becoming a force to be reckoned with (laughs) in their ministry. Uh, And so, but I want to kind of give you the backstory of why I ended up creating that six-week course and and what I dive into, all right? So uh, several years ago, I was really at a breaking point in my leadership and in my marriage, and it was my small group's fault. I, I simply just couldn't sustain the workload of leading and doing everything else that was going on in my life and working and spending time with my family and having hobbies and relaxing and spending time with friends and maintaining relationships. Like I just could not continue to do small group leadership the way I had been doing it. And so I actually burned out and had to step out of leadership altogether to focus on my marriage, to to refocus on my marriage. And, you know, but after a while, I wanted to start leading again. I wanted to get back into the ministry. I wanted to start using my gifts again, but I knew that I couldn't continue to do it the way that I had been doing it, right? The definition of insanity is 
doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So I knew I couldn't do that. Um, and so what I did was I devoted myself to learning as much as I could about leading small groups and and then also sharing the things that I had learned along the way with other leaders. And so some of that really culminated in the Small Group Leader Secrets book. And you know, over the last two years, I've been developing those kinds of resources, each one building on the previous one. But it wasn't. It, it, it isn't until now with Small Group Mastery, which is the six-week uh, Small Group Leaders course, that I've been able to create what I believe to be the ultimate guide to leading a small group for people with normal lives and responsibilities, right? Like I cover everything. I cover how to design your small group to to run like clockwork without you, how to uh, effectively delegate, how to raise up leaders, how to build family, and then also how to not burn out. Like what are the things that you as a leader need to be doing to make sure that you are spiritually and emotionally healthy, right? Because you can serve and serve and serve, but if you burn out, like the group's going to fall apart, right? And and what I dive into in the uh, Small Group Mastery course is being able to focus on the right handful of things. There's really only a couple things that you have to do in order to be more effective and to lead to greater growth and progress in the people that you're serving, all right? And so because of the principles that I put into that course, because I've been able to implement them in my own leadership, uh, I love leading again. I know that I can lead without sacrificing my relationships, without sacrificing my marriage, and uh, but it wouldn't have been possible to to jump back into leadership without the things that I cover and teach in depth in small group mastery. So if that's something that sounds interesting to you, if you want to go through a, a premium six-week leader course with uh, group coaching, webinars, one-on-one coaching with me, if that's you right now and you know that this is exactly what you need to turn your leadership around, to turn your small group around, if you want all of that, all you have to do, again, is just go to smallgroupmastery.com and I'll guide you through each of the products that I've talked about in this episode one at a time um, and and you'll be able to to be set and have everything that you need to lead a thriving small group. Well, that is it for today. If you listen on an iPhone, I would love it if you left a review for the show on Apple Podcasts. I really enjoy reading everything you guys have to say. And if you don't have an iPhone, totally cool. Just super grateful that you are here. And if this episode helped you in some way, if you learned something, please pass it along to someone that you think would benefit from listening to it. Every day is an opportunity to grow closer to God and make a positive impact on the people around you. Take action with what you've learned and help make the world a little more like heaven. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.